Hey, Fatheads, you're tuning in to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. This is Sharing Our Pairings, episode 111, Crown Heads, TAA and Rum. I'm your host, John, the Cigar Surgeon. We are broadcast live around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Of course, you can tune in at CigarFederation.com, YouTube.com, and now Facebook Live. Thanks to all your questions. Sorry for all our Cigar Federation members. The chat is down, and it's always Ning's fault. That's right, it's always Ning's fault. If you work for Ning, fix your crap. Thank you very much. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Trant. Trippy, what's going on this lovely, when I say lovely, I look out the storm over my shoulder Wednesday night. I mean, it's lovely here. It's like, I don't know, 65, 70, maybe. It says 70. Uh, but it's it was a hot as, hot as balls weekend. It was 106 at one point, I think. It was, it was real hot. But it was dry heat, you know. It was dry heat, man, man. Yeah, it wasn't that hot here in the weekend, but um, it was certainly toasty. I mean, we hit, uh, you know, mid, mid-90s, mid and I was doing a big cigar event on Monday, which was uh, delightful. Apologize for the wind there. We'll try and filter that out. As you can tell, I am in the middle of a lovely, lovely storm. So hopefully... Um, I mean, yeah. it's just our, our luck with this show. Every week it's something. It's always something. But uh, nobody's really here to listen to me whine and whinge on. Really, they're here uh, partially because, you know, it's a pairing show, but partially because we have a very special guest who's returning after a very short period of time. So, you know, it it was a good first episode. Uh, Barry Stott, our good friend from the Scar Authority. Brother, how are you? Going good. It was probably a good show because I was half a bottle in when we started last time. That's the best show. Today, today I'm pacing myself. So, (laughs) we're only three glasses in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is. Um, it, I mean, it is very much the show is all about pacing, especially when you know if we do if we do fifty eight minutes, it's one thing, but then when we do an after dark segment, um, that's uh, that's when we get flat out incoherent. So yeah, yeah, I was pretty incoherent by the end of the last episode. So it happens. But of course, we are pairing uh, TAA cigars, and uh, Barry, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Have you now? Have you been down to the TAA as a as a retailer? I haven't been down as a retailer um, for the first time in my life. I've had the pleasure of working with the TAA retailer and uh, as a blogger that also works for a TAA retailer, I don't think they would take too kindly of me being down there. Um, It's never (laughs) really been a blogger friendly um, trade show, but each year um, 11 to 13 manufacturers come out with limited editions, you know, exclusive for the Tobacconist Association of America uh, Crown Heads always continues to be one of the most popular, and uh, well, with Tatuaje, La Flor Dominicana, Christoph, uh, my father, the list goes on and on and on. It's a good company. Um, yep, but this is the only company whose initials of their actual release come out to TAA, the Angels Anvil, um, which happens to be TAA, and it was uh, created on a story from uh, John Huber about a fallen angel. Nice. Now, just to be different, of course, because you got the new hotness, uh, you are smoking the 2017, the new release. Is that correct? That is correct. It has a Habano wrapper, undisclosed binder filler, measures six and a quarter by 52, retails around 1070, and like I think 190 for a box, and only 1,000 boxes of 20 were. I'm on uh, mute because I'm getting guys, blown away, away here. Before <clears throat> I started, I was telling Trip, I'm jealous that you guys have the whatever the word is, that you're able to hold on to your cigars yeah. and smoke them a year later. Me, I buy a box a week, that box is gone. So 
Well, I always say I don't have a smoking problem. I've got a collecting problem because I purchase cigars at like 10 times the rate that I smoke them. So at the, like, well, and I'll tell the audience cause it made for a funny story. So, uh, I was sure that I had this angel's envy or angel's <laughs> anvil, I should say. And, uh, and it is because a good, uh, good, uh, member of uh, cigar federation, Stefan, Stefan, um, hooked me up with this awesome package. And he, you know, one of the package was a TA. He's like, have you ever had a, a crown head TA? I'm like, no, why would I have had a crown heads TA? Like, I don't, I can't go into a shop that's TA certified. Um, it's not like I can easily order it over the internet. Um, no. So he hit me up with this huge package. So I knew I had it. And sure enough, I go through, uh, I go through my, my, my box, my container of a million cigars I have to review still. I can't find it. I'm like, well, obviously I'm just missing it. So I go through it a second time. I go through it a third time. I go through it a fourth time. And the fourth time I went through it, I literally went one cigar at a time, flipping the band over to make sure I wasn't just going too fast. No. So at that point, I messaged the guys. I messaged uh, Barry and I messaged Trip, and I said, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, and then this is, of course, after Trip had gone all the way downtown. Yeah, I, I had just gotten back from going downtown. I took like a two and a half hour lunch because it was like, all right, I didn't have a chance to go over the weekend. I got to figure out how to get downtown, buy the cigar, and get back because I didn't have uh, And I had just gotten home when I got that message. It was like, ah, I mean, I'll smoke either way, but still. Yeah. Well, I, was, I mean, I was feeling pretty bad about it. So I'm yeah. like, well, we're going to have to find some- Go ahead. Tell you guys, I'll smoke whatever you want. And that turned into a comedy in itself. Yeah. So, so of course, we're searching through, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of that in the After Dark segment. We are going to have an After Dark segment tonight because we've got a lot of cigar. And uh, I said, well, we're going to have to find something else. Let me see what I have. Reach into my box. I kid you not, the first cigar I grabbed and flipped over was the Angel's Anvil TAA 2016. I had to take a picture and send it to the guys because I'm like, I mean, it's literally the first cigar on the top of the pile. I've been through that pile four times, but uh, that's the kind of week I've been having. It went to the place where missing socks go and then came back. Uh-huh. Fortunately, I must have done penance with the leprechaun that stole it because he gave it back. So anyways, that's that's the story of how this uh, show came about. Uh, Trippy, what are we smoking tonight? Uh, so both you and I are smoking. I did the shop that I went to actually also had the 2015. So I thought about going 2015. But I figured uh, since we can, we'll smoke the same thing. Um, so this is the Angel's Anvil 2016. Uh, it's made by EP Carrillo. It has a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler, and it is a, I would call it a Robusto Extra at five and a half by 54. It's got that, uh, that really nice soft box press to it as well. Yeah, just kind of, a, just kind of barely box pressed. Like you can tell when you're looking at it, but if you were looking at it from far enough away, you wouldn't even know. Um, like I would guess that on the video, you can't even tell this is box pressed. It's no. a very soft box press. Yeah, it looks totally round, um, and it, it even kind of feels round. It's kind of a weird, a weird box press, but I like it. It's a nice kind of, uh, you know, just fits your mouth a little better. Do you guys prefer soft box press versus hard box press? Is there a preference for the two of you? Um, I, I really like the look of, like, a sharp box press, but I find they don't usually smoke as well for me. Like, I get, like air gaps sometimes when they're too sharply pressed like the uh the la florida dominicana factory press back when they made those that's like a chocolate bar it's like perfectly square and i feel like i am like sucking in air when i take a a draw from one of those because there's just like 
I don't know, my mouth can't seal around it or something. So this I, whole I show is just... Prefer, I know, this is terrible. Like, I keep <laughs> catching myself, like, why did you say that, man? Um, but I, I think I prefer a softbox press in practice. Yeah, I, I think I'm a... And, and maybe that's just because I'm so used to the uh, Cuban softbox press that I've kind of got accustomed to a softbox press. But overall, I I love the fact that it's obviously a special, unique cigar, but also the fact that it's box press on top of that. That's kind of takes it that extra mile for me. Um, I mean, it's very comfortable. And, and I have to say, you know, I've only smoked uh, three quarters of an inch and I should probably slow down because I'm kind of raging on it already. But uh, it's got that signature Cuber, you know, that I kind of have gotten used to from his portfolio. It's got that little bit of like just a hint of spice, a little bit of chewy leather. It's got some great mm-hmm. creaminess underneath it. Um, like this is just a nice, you know, medium, medium plus great cigar. And if I had these in my shop, these would sell like, like hotcakes easily. And yeah, I, re- I remember personally sorry. the 2015 having a bolder, stronger flavor than the 2016. So the 2016, I find to be much sweeter, milder. I wouldn't call it mild, lower end of medium. Um, but it has that sweetness, some cedar, some maple that actually pairs well with rum. Yeah, and it's funny because, um, I mean, I don't know that, like, we were talking about coming up with something you know limited special for a pairing and and we we all kind of wanted to do rum pairing because i know barry you love rum we love rum and we haven't done a rum show in quite some time so it just kind of naturally organically happened that it happened to be the angel's anvil and it just so happens that i mean i've been cheating i don't know what you guys but i'm cheating and uh so far so good the first uh first rum in this cigar is uh you know if we just stopped right here and i didn't get rained on i'd be having a good night uh i I've been cheating a little bit with just the first rum, and it goes really well with it. But uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that my last pairing is going to be the best one. We'll see. And as usual, well, you guys are going three pairings. I'm going two pairings. <laughs> and they're similar enough where I think I should be consistent all the way through. So. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're all kind of in the same ballpark in terms of the style of rum. You know, none of us are sporting a Bacardi or anything like that. Uh, and, of course, uh, don't try this at home. We are professional drinkers. So uh, don't try this at home. As we say, drink better, but drink less. Even though we don't necessarily practice it, we absolutely preach it. Um, so I guess we should probably just get right into the first pairing here. we got about four minutes before our first break. I'm, I, like I said, I've been sipping. So uh, I'm just going to kick it off here, and I'll talk about the details of this rum uh, after the break. But this is the Ron Kubai, uh, straight back from uh, Cuba. It is a Reserve Especial, the uh, 10-year rum. And I got turned on to this by a very special friend in Cuba who hooked me up. She uh, gave me a great advice on this rum. She said, if you like agricultural rum, this is an excellent one. It's a kind of a blend between agricultural rum and an industrial rum, which is absolutely my jam. Uh, 40% ABV, and, um, you know, it, it's it's definitely that rum color. I mean, there's nothing special about the color. It kind of, you know, looks like rum, smells like rum, smells delicious. So, um, Trippy, why don't, why don't we talk about your first pairing? Uh, so my first pairing, which, again, we'll talk about after the break a little more, is one that I've had on the show before. I think the same show where you had that run goodbye, uh, Havana Club 7, uh, which is kind of the, as far as Havana Club goes, it's kind of the starting range for their sipping run. Barry, what are you drinking first? I'm uh, something a little easier to find in the States than what you two guys are. Uh, <laughs> um, it depends, actually, where you live. I'm going with uh, Ron Zafra, and it's a... Uh, 40 alcohol by volume, 750 milliliter bottle, 80 proof, and looks like rum, smells like rum, definitely tastes like rum, 
And it's amazing how many people I run into and I tell them I enjoy rum and everybody thinks Bacardi, which you mentioned earlier, but there are some great sipping rums out there. And I think Ron Zafra happens to be one of those. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of great rum out there. And I mean, I th- I mean, I, I would say it's one of those things, you know, we talked about uh, scotch and blended scotch and the proportions of blended scotch that are sold in the world versus uh, single malts. And I think, I could probably safely say that 95% of the rum in the world is probably blended, which, Hey, I like a good blended drink. You know, I will not turn down a mojito or any kind of other blended rum drink. But, uh, if I'm tasting a really nice rum, I absolutely, I mean, sometimes I'll throw a little big, big ice cube on top of it, but a sipping rum for me is kind of my happy place with a cigar. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Uh, and like Barry said, like before I started really getting into rum, I thought that rum was like, you know, Bacardi Gold was the sipping rum. And I just thought like, why would anybody drink that with a cigar? Um, and then I started discovering like the Florida Canyas and the uh, Ron Zacapas and Zaya and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, because rum is really good. It's I mean, go ahead. just a lot different than uh, than you kind of expect it to be, which is kind of the same way with. Uh, I'm sure there are people out there. There are certainly people that I've met that are like, yeah, I don't like whiskey because they don't like Jack Daniels and people who say I don't like scotch because they tried Johnny Walker red one time and weren't a thing. Um, and it's just kind of a, you know, the same, the same kind of thing where if you smoked a backwoods and didn't like it, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not cut out for cigars. Uh, it's just that you're, you're drinking or smoking the cheap stuff. Barry, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to go into a little bit of the history of the Zafra, but I don't know if you want to hold on to that. Or, but the, the one big thing about, like, if you go into a cigar bar, there's like 50 million scotches to choose from. And a lot of cigar bars don't realize, or it's not so much the cigar bar, it might be the end user, realize that there's so many different rums from so many different countries. Yeah. I mean, and some of them have Cuban backstories, like the Zafra is actually blended by a former rum master at Havana Club in Cuba. So he left the oh, wow. island. He's living now in, uh, I think it's Panama, and uh, he's blending the Zafra. So. Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll absolutely get back to the history of that because I'm actually really interested to hear how that went. But uh, quick hits before we take our first break. I think the three things you absolutely need to stock if you're doing a cigar bar, scotch or whiskey, period. Rum. isn't. If you don't have some high-end top-shelf rums, you're doing it wrong. And a really good espresso machine along with someone who actually knows how to pull a proper shot. Those are the three requirements because I'm going to be having one or all three at your cigar bar. So you better be stocked up. So we'll take a, we'll take a quick break here. Do remind our audience that you are tuned into Sharing Our Pairings, Episode 111, Crown Heads, TAA, and Rum. We are joined by our very special guest, Barry from the Cigar Authority. If you aren't subscribed to the Cigar Authority, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You better go out and subscribe because it's available on all the podcast catchers around the world. While you're at it, subscribe to us as well. We are heard around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network and, of course, broadcast live at CigarFederation.com and now Facebook Live. Stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring a Rosado Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. 
All right, and we're back. Uh, before we get into the uh, the history of rum uh, or the rums that we're enjoying and imbibing on tonight, do we have any questions, comments, or feedback, Trippy? I want to give some love out to the Facebook audience. I know they kind of got shortchanged a little bit last week. Um, a couple of our uh, chat regulars have moved over to Facebook for the evening um, since our chat is down. Thanks, Ning. Jason Raybuck says, uh, don't, don't sip Sailor Jerry. I would advise against that. Uh, and That's Miller Man says he just got a monkey shoulder for the first time. It's not rum, but he wanted to let us know he likes it. Monkey shoulder's tasty stuff. Yeah, that's some good stuff. All right, Barry, hit us up with some, uh, it sounded like a really interesting backstory in that rum you're, you're imbibing there. Yeah, so the rum I'm drinking, it's uh, age 21 years, and it's uh, matured in bourbon casks. Uh, and it's made in Panama at Las Cabras Distillery, and it's blended by master blender Francisco Don Pancho Fernandez, who worked for Havana Club in Cuba, before making his way uh, to Panama. And unlike most rums, which are made from sugarcane, this is actually made from molasses. So it has kind of more of a syrupy mouthfeel than I think some of the other rums on the market. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'll um, I'll do a quick hit on mine. And uh, we'll we'll talk maybe um, after we introduce our spirits, talk a little bit about rum production. But uh, this is Ron Kabai. Obviously, it's from Cuba. Roncabai was founded in 1964 in Santo Domenico, Villa Clara. They are called the Taste of the Center because it's located right at the center of Cuba. Uh, they didn't start exporting the rum until 2010, so it was just an import product or uh, internal product only, of course, because, you know, domestic consumption is always king and you can always find uh, really, really interesting stuff that's not exported from a bunch of different countries. Um, now, so, uh, Barry, you are just mentioning that that rum is made from molasses, so really, there's two kinds of ways you can produce rum. You can produce it from straight from sugarcane pressed juice or from molasses. Molasses obviously takes a little bit more work because you have to create the molasses first. This is actually a combination of both. So they use both the sugarcane pressings and the rum made from molasses, and they've added together for kind of a, an interesting combination of flavors. The sugarcane kind of gives it that very subtle, light, delicate, fruity note, and the molasses gives it that, like you're saying, the rich, syrupy, deep, spicy notes. Um... This is, uh, oh, right. And of course, um, by Cuban law, which makes sense, uh, all rum in Cuba has to be made from Cuban sugarcane. Kind of makes sense. They're not going to import sugarcane because first, they, the entire island is covered in sugarcane. Why would they? Um, yeah, and it's 40% ABV and uh, who knows what the age is. They call it 10-year, but there's no rules regarding rum, so it's impossible to say. Trippy, what's the uh, backstory on your tasty beverage? Uh, so mine doesn't have quite as interesting of a backstory. It's Havana Club. Uh, made, of course, by the Cuban government, uh, and it's 40% alcohol, aged seven years. Uh, like I said before, this is kind of their starter sipping whiskey. They've got a couple nicer ones, uh, but this is what they had at the shop that I stopped at in the airport on my way home from Nicaragua last time. And uh, I so find, that's what I got. I find the Havana Club to have a little bit more of a bite than yeah. some of the refined sipping rums. So it's kind of like on a border. It's not... It's kind of too good to use for mixing, but it's kind of not upper echelon on a sipping rum. So it's kind of like, to me, it's one of those border rums. Yeah, it's it's exactly there, in my opinion. This is like a, I mean, it's a starter sipping rum. I mean, this a bottle of this, I believe I paid like 16 bucks for this or something, but that was Mexico. I think if you were to be, if you were able to buy this in the U.S., I think it would probably clock in around $20, $22. Uh, it, it wouldn't be very expensive. 
It's like uh, eight fifty or something like that in Cuba. So yeah, that's us- that's usually the rum you kind of get to halfway through the night. You know, after you've gone through your uh, whatever, you know, you bust out the Havana Club Seven, and you you know, once you're once you're two or three bottles in, you don't really yeah. care at that point. It, it's good, but it's nothing super fancy or anything like yeah. that. It's I mean, it's it's aged seven years, which isn't that long. I would compare it to my next rum, which is Florida Cana Seven. It's kind of in the same range where you're not gonna. Uh, it's not going to be like the stuff you break out when the special guests are over or anything, or that you break out with that uh, that really nice cigar you've been saving. Uh, but it's something good to drink every night. So yours, of, yours has the Cuban price of roughly ten dollars. John, the one you're you're uh, drinking, do you know what the the CUC or what it sells for up in Canada? The cookies, yeah. This isn't ex. I, I did not buy this in Canada because it's actually tough to find. I bought this um, from my favorite shop, my favorite casa in Cuba, uh, right next to the Chicken Place. For those who know, <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm trying to think. It wasn't very much. It was it was a little bit more than sort of the typical rums. I think it was about eighteen or twenty. And we call them cookies because it's funny. Cuc. Yeah. I think it's about eighteen or twenty cookies. So it's still quite reasonable, uh, especially for what it is. I mean, I probably should have bought two bottles. And the bottle I'm drinking is a 47 U.S. dollar bottle. So it's a little bit pricey. It's actually a couple of dollars more than Zacapa here in the U.S. So I think I can get Zacapa for like 44 So this is a few dollars. Well, uh, you're, getting a good, you're getting a good deal. In the, well, I don't know. Is that the Zacapa 23 that's about 44 that, that is the Zacapa 23. And then the next one up I've seen for like 90 mm. Well, we're definitely getting ripped off on rums up here. Um, our scotch pricing is uh, quite reasonable because uh, Alberta is sort of the center for scotch importation for Canada. So our scotch prices are actually, in some cases, more competitive than places in the States. But for rum, our prices are uh, are definitely reflective of our high taxes on alcohol because, you know, sin tax. Uh, but I was just going to mention that, of course, with the age statement, the only downside to rums is they put these age statements on and usually the age statement is reflective of the the oldest rum that they've got in there it's not reflective of the average age of the rum or even the youngest rum um so like with this ron it's a 10 year but it probably has a combination of three five seven and ten in there and i suspect that the uh you know the threes and the fives is probably the bulk of of what makes up that rum that's interesting like, i didn't know that that's like johnny walker blue on the scotch and only a small percentage of it is aged the amount of years yeah. That they sell blue as, and the rest is just you know not even close. So yeah, and th- I mean that's why um, you know uh, bourbon in the states and uh, scotch in in uh, Scotland and whiskey in Ireland has very very strict regulation on um, you know it has to be the youngest whiskey. And really the goal of that is to say, look, you know if you want to put older whiskey in there, you're certainly fine. But we don't want you misleading people by claiming it's an older product that it, than it, what it actually is. <clears throat> 